Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. practice. Grab your Bibles and go to Romans chapter 12. Go to Romans chapter 12. As you're going there, look at the person sitting next to you and tell them you look fantastic this morning. Smile at somebody next to you. Tell them you're glad they're sitting next to you. Look at the person on the opposite side, the person you avoided the first time. Turn to the other person and tell them you're sitting next to the best looking person in the building. That's right. Come on, additional seating as well. Let them know. That's right. You got to speak confident over your life. I am pretty good looking. You are sitting next to the best looking person. You did marry the best looking guy. You just, you know, just got to say it with confidence. Shout out to my wife. She's been a soldier. Looking beautiful. All right. Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. The power of practice. Can you say that one more time? The power of practice. And it's been a series, this is the fourth part, it's been a series on spiritual disciplines. This is extremely important. I want you to get this. In about, in about 25 minutes, we're going to head out. We're going to have fun this week. It's going to be crazy. And a lot of us, I know it's getting hot and buggy. It's a lot of us, we're already, like Phil said this morning, it's starting to smell like youth camp already in here. But, 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 but I want you to pay attention because this is extremely important. The power of practice. We're talking about spiritual disciplines. It's a very important series. If you missed a part, shout out to every pastor that's preached the last four weeks. We've had incredible pastors. I love our teaching team. Love our pastors. And we're going to wrap this series up. And I pray you got every single week. Today, we're going to wrap it up with this. All right, Romans chapter 12. We're going to read the first two verses. If you're there, can you shout amen? Amen. If you don't have a Bible, we're going to put it up on the screens. If you're watching online, we'll put it up on the screens as as well as additional seating. Verse number one, the word of the Lord says this. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers... By the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Out of Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, we'll pause right there for a moment. Let's talk about this. What is Paul saying here? What does this mean in our life? And uh, we're going to wrap up this series as we get ready to kick off another one next week as we start the month of August already. And uh, today I want to finish as we talk about fasting. I want to talk about fasting. We've talked about a few spiritual disciplines. Today I want to touch on fasting. We're going to fast as a a church in a couple of weeks. Uh, We do it at the beginning of every year and usually in the fall, sometimes 21 days, sometimes seven days. But I want to talk about fasting. And I I really believe more than fasting, understand what is behind fasting. So I titled today's message, Gaining Gold. Gaining Gold. Look at three people around you and tell them, I'm gaining gold. I'm gaining gold. I know it's hot. I know it's muggy. It's usually freezing in here, but we got a whole lot of people, and I'll try to make it quick. 
and uh, we're going to have an awesome time. Let's pray before we continue. I'll talk for about 20, 25 minutes as we share God's word and talk about this, and then we'll go outside and have and get ready for the best week. Amen? Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much. We love you. We thank you for your goodness, for your mercy, for your love, for your grace. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for this day. Thank you for every single student. Thank you for all the youth leaders. Thank you for everybody today, God, as we get ready for an amazing week. We pray that you would meet us even right here, right now. I believe that your spirit is here, God. It's here in this room in additional seating. Everybody connected, watching online. Speak to us, God. Thank you for this church. Thank you for this household of faith. Thank you for this family called. God, I pray you bless us today to see you better and know you better, God. Thank you for loving people like us. God, we can't earn it or deserve it, but you've been good and kind to us. We love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name and all of God's people say. Yeah. Oh, come on. All of God's people say. Yeah. Can you make some noise for Jesus one more time? Come on. Jacques Cartier. Jacques Cartier was an explorer of the New World in the 1500s. He was sent from France to go explore new territory, find new land, find riches. And Jacques ended up in Canada around the St. Lawrence River. They were trying to find land to settle in. To build this brand new world, they were trying to find riches, gold, diamonds to take back to France. And here they were on an expedition. And as they were near Quebec in Canada, Jacques and all his men got really excited because they believed they had found gold and diamonds. And they were extremely excited. They packed the boats up and they headed back to France. They headed back to Paris, Ariar, Revere. I don't, I don't know any word in France, so I just made something up. And, uh, <laughs> bonjour. Pepe le puy, I don't know. And so they headed back to France, and the boats were loaded with what they thought was gold and diamonds. And they were excited because in this new world, they had found so much. When they get back to France, and they unload the ships, and they start going through it, they find out that really what it was, was nothing but some... Cubic zirconiums and some pyrite. What that is, is basically valueless. It's basically materials that can be found anywhere and cost nothing. They worked hard. They digged up a lot. But in return, they got nothing. I started thinking about this because I think so many times this is what our lives look like. We work hard, we sweat, we dig, but yet we get nothing in return. I think this looks like our world today. I mean, if you look all across society, there's so many of us working hard, working overtime, working two jobs, yet it seems we never gain what we're truly looking for. Some of us, we're spending all of our time in our workplace and our business trying to build a good future, but we're missing out on what real gold is, which is family time, raising our kids, building healthy lives. Are you hearing me? And all we're finding is pyrite and not real gold. I'm digging up dirt, but I'm not finding real gold. We're stressed. We're anxious. And instead of finding more valuable stuff, we end up with more invaluable stuff unvaluable stuff. We end up with more stress, more anxiety, no sleep. We're tired. We're frustrated. In fact, the way I put it, the challenge or the problem that we have today is that we spend valuable time in return for unvaluable gains. 
Time is a commodity. I want to tell you today, you don't have that much time left. I hope that encourages you this morning. Like, like our time is limited. We don't have all the time in this earth that we would like. And I, I just fear that so many times we've wasted time for stuff that gives us nothing in return. We are digging, we are working just to find pyrite, fool's gold, and never getting real gold. Some of us are in here this morning or watching or in additional seating and we're tired, we're frustrated. Our family life is not where it's supposed to be. Our health is not where it's supposed to be. Our marriages today are not where they're supposed to be. And we're lacking in health, in spirit, mind, and body because we've been digging up. We've been spinning our wheels. But today we're just frustrated because all we find is fool's gold. And I think today... What we need to do is spend more time getting real gold. And by real gold, I mean God. Let's talk about that for a moment because I think that the time that God has given us on this earth, the minutes, hours, seconds that God has given us, let's work to get closer to our creator. What, what are we doing with our time Monday through Saturday, not just a Sunday? Can I, I'm, I'm going to tell you something, church. 75 minutes in a church service won't do it. 75 minutes on a Sunday service, it won't get us as close to God as we think. It's a good start, but, but we should add more Monday through Saturday. Because we have a real God who wants to know us, walk with us, talk with us. I'm glad that God loves me. He wants to speak to me. He wants to direct me. He wants to lead me. He cares for me. Anybody thankful for that God this morning? And so 75, 75 minutes... Our services are an hour, an hour and 15, like that alone. Imagine if you treated your health that way. I go to the gym once a week. It's awesome. If you go to the gym once a week, you won't have the body that I have. I'm sorry. <laughs> Some of you laughed a little too hard and I got offended, but I'm going to keep it moving. Imagine if we treated our marriages that way. Like I'm just going to see my wife 75 minutes a week. We're good. <laughs> Imagine if we treated our jobs that way. Yeah, I just work 75 minutes once a week. What do you mean? You don't work every day, nine to five, like every, almost everybody else? No, 75 minutes once a week. I mean, my paycheck comes from 75 minutes. It's, awesome. it's like, what? Imagine if we treat education that way. Yet we don't treat nothing else that way except God. We come to church once a week, 75 minutes, and if the preacher goes too long, I got a Chili's reservation waiting. Like, don't you take too long. And yet we, we think that out of 75 minutes, we're going to know God, grow with God, hear his voice, know how he's directing us. We're lost because we don't have a relationship with this God who desires to know us, direct us, and lead us. Come on, let's get real gold. Let's get to know God. Let's gain our time with God, building a future with him, getting to hear his voice, leading. Come on, his spirit leading us. This is why our practices matter. We're talking about the power of practices. In other words, spiritual disciplines matter because the tagline of this series is you can't think your way into Christ-likeness. In other words, you, you can't just love Jesus and expect to look like Jesus. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like you can't just, I love Jesus. I love him. He was on a cross. I've seen the frame, Jesus. Awesome, amazing. Like I love him and now I'm going to become like him. No, you are thinking like Jesus doesn't come naturally to human beings. So we got to work on disciplines. What, what we do with our time matters. What we do with our bodies matter. 
In fact, I put it this way. I can sum up the big point of this series this way. The practices of our body affect the power of our spirit. Right? Like what we do with our body, with our minds, what we do with our time, it determines how powerful your spirit is going to be on the inside, how close to God we're going to be. It matters what I do with my time. And so instead of spinning my wheels and wasting my time, I'm going to seek God. I'm going to worship God more than a church service. I'm going to talk to him every day. I want to get closer to God. Anybody want a stronger spirit? Come on. We got five months left this year. Let's, let's make it our best. Let's grow with God. Let's get to know this God. The power of practices. We've been talking about different practices if you were here for the last couple of weeks. And several weeks ago, Pastor Adam shared on the discipline of prayer. And that was absolutely beautiful. And what a reminder. Prayer is awesome. We get to talk to God who wants to talk to us. And so that's the spiritual discipline that we should do every day. Not just on a Sunday when we pray for prayer requests or after service as we wrap it up. Like, like every morning we should want to talk with God. Every afternoon, every night. And so we should implement that. And you should go back and hear that message. Pastor Phil then talked about Bible reading. Come on, if you want to know God, get to know his word. Don't just take my word for it in the few minutes I got here or any pastors. Like go back and you have your own relationship with God. And you grow with him and you get to know him. Can I get an amen? amen. And then John talked about silence and solitude. Getting some time alone with God and really turning off the noise of this world. It was a beautiful message. These disciplines matter. What we do with our time matters. Because we can come in here and shout and holler and praise. But the moment we go out, there's a real world. There's a real enemy. And we need to learn how to be mature in Christ. We don't just want a large church. We want a healthy church. Can I get an amen? Come on, at Calvary, I thank God that we're making an impact in this city and around the world, but I care more for our health. And so these disciplines, they matter in our life. And so today we're talking about fasting. Somebody say fasting. fasting. What is fasting? I, I, I put up a definition that I found, and, and this is what fasting is. If you don't know what fasting is, this is a simple definition. Fasting is a spiritual discipline of voluntarily abstaining from food for a period of time in order to gain spiritual clarity and closeness to God, right? So it's a spiritual discipline of voluntarily abstaining from food for a period of time in order to gain spiritual clarity and closeness to God. Fasting is saying, I'm not going to eat maybe for a day. I'm not going to eat for three days. I'm not going to eat for seven days, sometimes 21 days. And some of you are listening to this and you're like, I, I don't know if I'm coming back to this church. This sounds... <laughs> It, no, no, this is not godly. <laughs> I know, it sounds rough, but, but it's good. And now our body's going to be hungry. Obviously, it's going to be hungry. Like, some of us are hungry right now. And our stomachs will begin to growl, and there's hormones in there saying, feed me now, right? But I think fasting is such a good way to make the flesh submit to God. And to say, I'm not going to listen to everything my body tells me. I, just because my body's hungry doesn't mean I got to feed it. And I think in today's world, this is powerful because today we're living in a culture of indulgence. In today's world, is do whatever you want to do. Feed yourself whatever you want to eat. Physical, things of pleasure. Like today's society and today's culture is do what your body tells you to do. If you want to sleep with whoever, do it. Enjoy yourself. You want to go wherever, do it. It's amazing. 
Feed your body whatever it wants, all the pleasures of the world, all the fun of the world. And I found this quote by Cornelius Platinga. That's an awesome last name. I love what he said. Self-indulgence is the enemy of gratitude. And self-discipline, usually it's friend and generator. Full stomachs spoil the appetite for God. I think he put it so good. I love that self-indulgence. You getting everything this world has to offer, being full, mind, body, spirit, of whatever the world has to offer, all the money in the world, all the sex in the world, all the food in the world. It's the enemy of gratitude. We have so much, we forget to thank God for everything he's already given us. Like some of us, we have so much that it becomes a normal thing that we forget that if it wasn't for his grace and if it wasn't for his mercy, I wouldn't have a car today. I wouldn't have clothes today. Oh, can we take a moment to thank God for the food that he's given us, for the relationships, for the friends. Come on, anybody grateful that you're alive this morning? I got air. I got oxygen. I'm alive. I'm here. I can praise him. I thank God for my house. I thank God for my wife. I thank God for my friends. I thank God for all that he's given is there anybody thankful this morning for how good God has been to them come on anybody great he's a good God oh but when your belly's full you're like oh life is awesome <laughs> and going hungry a little bit physically will remind you oh I rely on God for everything I even thank God for the plate of, of food that he gives me every day what a beautiful quote I absolutely love it it's the enemy of gratitude. So fasting is a good discipline. Yes, we'll get hungry, but fasting is hungering for God. In fact, fasting is not abstaining just from food. It's actually gaining God. Fasting is not abstaining from food. It's actually gaining God. I like the way that I heard it put. Fasting is actually feasting on God. Fasting is feasting on God. I'm going to choose not to eat, not to feed my flesh for maybe a day or three days or 21 days so, so that I can feast and get close to God. And I'm submitting my flesh because I'm not going to do everything my body tells me to do. Your, your body one day, you're going to wake up and your body's going to tell you, sleep in. Don't go to work. You can do that one time, sure. Do that seven days. You'll get fired. Right? Do that for a month. And usually our body, that's what it wants. Anybody struggle to get up this morning? Some of you come to the 1 p.m. To come to the 9, you struggled today. Right? But imagine you listen to your body. I'll, I'll never go to work. I, I just want to eat all the Krispy Kreme donuts that my body wants. I would be rolling out of here. Right? Like, I'm just going to sleep in. I'm not going to work. Like, I'm, fasting is a good way to say, my body's not in control of me. Yeah. I'm in control of me. Yeah. Anybody hearing me? Yeah. Now, 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 who should fast? Well, the Bible says all believers should fast. Every single believer, we should be fast. It's a discipline that we should have. By the way, fasting is one that we often don't talk about in the Christian world. Like the last time that we talked about fasting, I mean, we do it as a church, but, but we should teach on it more often. We talk about prayer. We talk about worship, but nobody talks about fasting. Right? When we should do it, it's part of our spiritual heritage. We should be fat. Look what Jesus says, Matthew chapter 6, verses 16 and 17. He says, when you fast, 
When you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites who disfigure their faces. He says, but when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face that your fasting may not be seen by others by God who is in secret. But notice what Jesus says. He says, when you fast, not if you fast. Like that challenged me. Hey, Alex, if you want to fast, uh, you should do it. No, he said, hey, Alex, when you fast. In other words, Jesus expects us to fast. Wow, when I fast... I should actually look this way. And if you keep reading that verse, it's absolutely beautiful. So he's not saying if you fast. He's saying, he's saying when we fast. Now, now, Jesus fasted. Now, if Jesus needed to fast to be close to his father, what makes us think we don't have to fast and still be close to our father? It was a part of, of Jesus' life. Jesus fasted 40 days. Moses fasted 40 days. Daniel fasted 21 days. David fasted for a few days. The early church fasted in the book of Acts. The early church fathers used to fast, sometimes up to twice a week. John Wesley, incredible preacher, revivalist, evangelist, he used to make sure that all his ministers fasted twice a week, Wednesdays and Fridays. And if they didn't fast, they couldn't be ministers on his team. The early church has always fasted. And now we get to today's world and our church thinks we don't have to fast. I think it should be part of a discipline in our life to say, man, at least once a week, once a month, I'm going to fast. I'm not just going to do it when the church does it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to implement this in my life because it helps me break off indulgences of the body and it helps me gain strength in the spirit to gain real gold with God. Are you hearing me, church? Now, really quick, I just want to teach you for a little bit and then, and then we'll wrap this up. How should we fast, right? There's, there's all kinds of fat. Like some people fast friendships. That, that's pretty good. I would call them more acquaintances. Sometimes you need to get away from some people for a period of time. That's a type of fasting. And that's good. Like, like, oh, man, for this season, I can't be around these people. They love to gossip. They're not good for my faith. They're not good for my marriage. They're not good for my future. That's good. Some of us should be fasting the news. Right, like all we do is get full of fear when we watch it. Some of us, we, we turn on the news and we can't sleep every night, right? We're full of anxiety and stress. And if it's not COVID, it's monkeypox. If it's not monkeypox, it's, it's, it's everything else. And, and I get it. And we should be prepared and aware. But if it's disrupting your spirit, not letting you have peace, and if fear is ruling your life, then maybe you should fast the news for a little bit. Some of us should fast social media. Hello. <laughs> Right, like, like some of us live in a world of comparison and so we're scrolling through social media and we see what our neighbors have and we're frustrated in our life because our neighbors just got the brand new car. They just went to Paris, Pepe Le Puy, where Jacquez was from and we're frustrated because our husband hasn't even taken us to like Hialeah. Like, and all we do is compare our life. So maybe for a moment, fast social media. And I think well, I, I've learned in my own life when I fasted social media, I gain gratitude in my own life. Because I'm not busy looking at somebody else's life. I'm enjoying what God has given me. Some of us live in a world of comparison. And, and then we wonder why we're depressed. And we wonder why we're stressed. But, but biblical fasting, all those are great. And we should do those. But biblical fasting is fasting food. Food. You want to do a real godly fast? It's fasting food. Because we're saying no to our body. We're submitting our body. And here's what I say. If you can submit your body, you'll strengthen your spirit. You want to be strong on the inside? Submit your body to what God's word says. So what are the types of fasts that we can do? Well, we can do a full fast, 
a partial fast, a Daniel fast, a personal fast, and a corporate fast. These are different types of fasts that we can do. What's a full fast? That's, that's literally going on water only. I know it sounds tough, but you can work your way there. And it's maybe for a day. Some people have done it for three days, seven days. Jesus did it for 40 days. I'm not Jesus, but, but that's a good full fast. And, and I just think it's, it's good and healthy for our life, right? Number two, a partial fast. Partial fast is saying, it's almost like intermittent fasting, right? I'm going to fast from 8 o'clock in the morning to 8 o'clock at night. Sun, sunrise to sundown, that's a good type of fast. And that's another type of fast. Some of us are like, yeah, I fast from 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. That's not a fast, all right? That's a one-hour break of not eating. Like, get some hours in there, right, where you submit your body. It's really hot in here. I don't know if they added more lights, but I feel like a rotisserie chicken. It is burning up in here. Third one is the Daniel fast. Somebody say the Daniel fast. Daniel, in, in, in the book, Daniel, in the Bible, he fasted for 21 days, and his type of fast was vegetable only. He got away from sweets, from sugars. He did vegetable only. That's a good fast to do. And you do it. Daniel fasted for 21 days. By the way, when Daniel was fasting, the Bible says that the angels were roaring in the heavens. Fasting is powerful. 21 days, they were warring in the heavens over something that Daniel and his people needed. And it's vegetables only. Number four, a personal fast. That's you making a personal decision. Say, I'm going to fast for a day or I'm going to fast for three days or seven days or 21 days. Do a fast on your own. But then there's also a corporate fast, number five. That means as a church together, we're going to do this together. The people of God would often do this. In the Old Testament, all of them would fast for three days or all of them would fast for seven days or all of them would fast for a number of days. As a church, every January, we fast for 21 days. This January, we're going to do it. I believe we're going to begin January 8th. Five, six months from now, we're going to start 21 days of prayer and fasting. Later on this month, we're going to pick about seven days where we're going to fast a full week as a church. And I just think it's powerful when we fast. I'm telling you, something happened. If you've never done it, try it. Jesus did it. Moses, Daniel, David, Paul, the early church. Muslims fast. Buddhists fast. Hindus fast. Science today is talking about the benefits of fasting. Let's tell science, the Bible has talked about it way before they discovered how good it was. God has given us wisdom in his word from thousands of years ago. Like, there, there's something physical but spiritual as well when we fast. Why do we fast? Why do we fast? Here's seven reasons why we fast. I'm going to talk about them really quick because it's really hot. Number one, why we fast? Because we get closer to God. You want to get closer to God? I'm, yes, we come to church. And I'm all for church. I lead one. I, I get it. We come to church. But you need more than church. Yep, yep. Right? Let's gain real gold Monday through Saturday. Fast. Pray. Read your Bible. Have silence and solitude. Fasting helps you get closer to God. Because number two, it turns off the noise. Somehow, someway, it's a spiritual principle. Then when we don't eat, and instead of eating, we pray, it actually quiets down the noise of the world. Try it. I'm telling you, I fasted, and when we fast, it, just, it seems like the world just gets quiet. When you fast, you realize how much of our lives are surrounded by food. Everything we do is around a plate of food. When you fast, you're like, whoa, it seems like time slows down. It turns off the noise. Number three, it breaks strongholds. When Daniel was fasting for 21 days, it says the angels were war warring in heaven. When you fast, God works on your behalf. God works on your behalf. Number four, healing and miracles happen when we fast. Maybe you have a special petition, a special prayer request. You've prayed, you've worshiped. Try a fast. There's, something, there's a spiritual principle that when you pray, something happens. Number five, it helps us submit to God. 
there's a humility when we fast. Right? Arrogance is broken. Pride is broken when we fast because we realize, whoa, I won't have a plate of food if it wasn't for God's good hand, if it wasn't for his mercy and his grace. It helps us humble ourselves and submit to God. God, whatever you want to do in my life, my life is yours. And I choose not to eat so that I can humble myself and say, God, lead me, guide me. Number six, it helps us to stay grateful. Thank you for everything that you've given me. I don't deserve it. I can't earn it. I've been eating my food like if it's me and my paychecks that did it, it was God's good hand that gives me my everyday supply. God, I'm grateful for your goodness over my life. If it wasn't for you, God, I wouldn't even be here. And then number seven, it prepares you spiritually. This year, our vision is moving forward. You want to move forward in your life? Add a fast to your life. Add a fast and say, God, I want to move forward spiritually. Prepare me for all that you have in my life. Are you following me, church? Come on, let's, put, let's add some fasting. Maybe, maybe this week, pick a date. While your kids are at camp, fast for them. Pray for them. Like, God, I need you to move in my son's life. I need you to move in my daughter's life. God, I'm fasting. Our youth leaders have been fasting and praying for this. Like, this is not a game. Yes, there's going to be a whole lot of games. There's going to be messy bacon and all that kind of stuff. There's some awesome games. But, but behind all the fun and games, there's spiritual warfare going on. Because we're not just trying to, like, just have a good time. We're trying to turn around a generation. We're trying to tell Miami there's a real God who loves you. You don't have to live confused. You don't have to live lost. There's a real God who loves you, who has a plan and a purpose for your life. Come on, we're fasting for this. We're praying for this. Come on, we're asking God, move in our city. Move on our students. God, we need you. We need, I can't do this without you. Our city needs you, God. Our church needs you. Our families need you. Are you hearing me, church? Add a fast this week. I'm telling you, God responds when we fast. He sees that and he answers to that. I'll finish up with these last three things. Why should we do these practices? All the ones that we've talked about, right? The, the, the reading our Bibles, the prayer, the silence, the solitude, the fast. Why should we do this? Number one, because it brings daily connection to God. Somebody say daily connection. Like, let's not just have Sunday. I grew up in church. I was born and raised in church. My mom almost gave birth to me in church. Like, like literally, I was born and raised in church. But I realized that my relationship with God wasn't based on my parents being youth pastors. It wasn't based on me being in a building. It, you can be in a garage. That doesn't make you a car. Just the same way that you could be in church and it doesn't make you a Christian. Like, you have a daily relationship with God. And I had to realize that, like, I don't, okay, I heard my pastor, that's great, but I need to go home and have daily connection with God. I needed to grow with him and talk with him. Daily connection where we bring him a sacrifice. Romans chapter 12, what we read, it says, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Not listen to your body, it says, offer your body. We offer our bodies, we don't listen to our bodies. And so every day I'm going to offer my body, God, God, take my body. God, take my mind, take my eyes, take my hands, take my soul, take my spirit. All that I am, every morning, God, I offer it to you. All that I am, have your will in my life. Are you hearing me, church? Every day, have connection with God. Hebrews chapter 13, verses 15 and 16, it says, Through him, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. You see that wording? Let us continually, that means every day, offer God a sacrifice of praise. 
That's the fruit of lips that acknowledges his name. Do not neglect to do good and share what you have. For such sacrifices are pleasing to God. It's a daily connection. We don't just want a large church. I'm glad we have three services. I'm glad that we're reaching like different parts of the world. I'm glad that I want a healthy church. Where people are not dependent on just pastors and services, but you're dependent on God every day. Have daily connection with God. Why do we need a fast? Because it, it brings daily connection to God. Number two. Spiritual breakthrough happens every single time we pray, we read our Bibles, every single time we have moments of silence and solitude. Some of us on staff, pastors, team, you know what we do? We, we delete social media. We delete our apps, sometimes for a week, sometimes for, for three, four weeks, sometimes for months at a time. You, you see some of us posting. That's not us. That's some of our team members that are helping us post because you, you need to turn off the noise sometimes. Yep. Yep. Have moments of silence. I don't need to know what everybody's doing all the time. I'm glad you had a salad for lunch. I don't need to see that on social media all the time. Like, I need to worry about my life. And I think so many of us were living other people's lives, just scrolling, listening, watching. And so we have moments of silence and solitude. We pray, we read our Bibles, and we fast so that we can have spiritual breakthrough. You want to move forward? You feel like you've been, you've been stuck in your life? Work on your spiritual disciplines. I'm telling you, I've seen breakthrough in my life. You, you, you have an addiction, you have a bondage. Maybe you're saying, Alex, I can't get over this thing. Fast and you'll see those strongholds are broken in Jesus' name. The Bible says that Jesus was on a mountain. It was called the mountain of transfiguration because up there they got to see what Jesus was going to look like after crucifixion. When they come off the mountain, they see the disciples. They've been struggling to cast out a demon. Some of you remember the story. The disciples, they've been praying for this young boy and the demon doesn't leave the young boy. Jesus comes down and they bother him. Everybody goes running to Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You, you've been gone for way too long. The disciples have been praying for my boy and the demon can't come out. And Jesus, he gets upset. He's like, really? Are you serious? He says, oh my God, you're a wicked and perverse generation. And he prays for the boy and the demon comes out. Afterwards, the disciples come to Jesus and they're like, huh? how'd you do that? We've been praying for the longest for this boy and it didn't come out of him. And look what the Bible says in Mark chapter 9, verses 28 through 29. It says this, when he entered the house, the disciples asked him privately. I love how it says privately. They didn't want to ask him publicly because they were ashamed. Why couldn't we cast it out? And he said to them, this kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. And another translation says, by prayer and fasting. By prayer and fasting. You want spiritual breakthrough in your life? Add prayer and fasting to your everyday life. Number one, daily connection. The band can come up. Let's worship one more time. Number one, daily connection. Number two, spiritual breakthrough. And number three, why do we do the Bible reading? Why do we do the disciplines? Because number three is true worship. True worship. My, my prayer over the last two, three years, honestly, we've been talking about this, me and Diana, me and the rest of the pastors, Vlad, Raquel, Phil, Adam, all of us, we, we've literally been talking that we don't just want a church that attends on Sundays. That's great. And we're going to continue to grow and reach this city. But we want a church that knows what it is to worship God. And I'm not talking about the, the 10 minutes that we do at the beginning of service. That's great. 10, 15 minutes we worship God. We do that every Sunday and it's awesome. Today was phenomenal. I love that time of worship. But you know what? You know what true worship is? Our life Monday through Saturday. Like we want a church 
that doesn't just sing on Sunday, but can sing in the middle of the night on a Tuesday when all hell is breaking loose against you. We want a church that can stand up and you know God's word and you can declare, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord God. We want a church that knows when you're struggling, you can say, I have a God who provides all of my needs according to his riches in glory. We want a church that knows the word, that knows how to worship God in truth and in spirit. Come on, you got to know how to worship God on the inside, not just on a Sunday, but every day. I'm going to worship you, live for you. God, I give you my life. I give you my heart. All that I am is yours. Let's stand up to our feet. We're going to worship God one more time. Romans chapter 12, I'll read it one more time. Verse number one, look at what it says. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Somebody say worship. What is worship? It says, it doesn't say, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to sing on Sundays. That's worship. It doesn't say, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, to show up on Sundays. That's worship. No, this is a part of it. But it says to offer your life as a living sacrifice. And I realized as I was growing up in church that I was giving God 75 minutes on a Sunday, and yet I thought I knew what true worship was. And I realized this as I was going through 16, 17, 18, and I realized I was just going through the motions of being a Christian, but I really wasn't a Christian. And I'm going to ask everybody, if we can stop moving for a second. I really believe that the Spirit of God is in this place. And we're going to pray for every student leaving. And I know there's buses and they're packing. And I know, but I believe that the Spirit of God is in here. Come on, let's lift up our hands all across this place. God, I want to have true worship in my life. God, I want to have spiritual breakthrough in my life. And I want to have daily connection with you. With every hand lifted, come on. As we get ready for youth camp, as we get ready for a week, of, some of us, we're going to fast this week. Pick a day to fast. Pick three days, seven days. We're going to fast and we're going to say, God, I want to know you. And I offer my body as a living sacrifice. Have my mind, have my body, have my hands, have my feet, have my soul. I don't just want to give you lip service on Sunday. I want to give you heart worship Monday through Saturday, God. Our lives are yours. Everything that we have, God. Every gift, every talent, every blessing that comes from the Father of lights. God, we thank you. Let every voice raised. We give you our lives, our minds, our hearts, our souls. Thank you, God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We don't deserve to be here. Some of us should have been locked up. Some of us should have been in a hospital. Some of us should have been in prison. Some of us should have been dead. But God. But God. And so today we present our bodies. We offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, which is the true response of spiritual worship. Thank you, God. Help us to pray more. Help us to read. Help us to have moments of silence, of quietness. Help us to fast as we get closer to you and we get further away from the distractions, the forces of this earth that want to pull us down. With every eye closed, with every head bowed, we're leaving in just a moment. If you're here watching online or in additional seating and you don't know God, and you're saying, Alex, I'm far from God. I walked in here because my student, my cousin, my son, my daughter, they're leaving a youth camp, but you don't know who God is. 
If you're in here and you feel far from God, you're saying, I wish I could have a relationship with God. I'm going to tell you today, I'm not offering you a relationship with a church. I'm not offering you a relationship with a pastor. I'm offering you a relationship with the God who loves you. He loves you and he's waiting for you with arms open wide. With every eye closed, every head bowed, if you're here today, you say, Alex, but I have sin in my life. I'm going to tell you that the Bible says all of us are sinners. I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. There's not one perfect person in this place today. All of us have sinned. And our sin separates us from God. But the Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that whosoever believes in him shall not die but have everlasting life. Today, if you're saying, Alex, I have sinned and guilt is crushing you, shame is killing you, I want to tell you the grace of God is here for you. He wants to give you a brand new beginning and a brand new start. With every eye closed, every head bowed, in a moment of prayer, in a moment of privacy, if you're here and you say, Alex, I need Jesus. Alex, I need forgiveness. At the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. If you grew up in church like me, but you backslid, and you feel like you've been away from God for way too long, but you want to come back today, at the count of three, you raise your hand as well. I'm going to count to three. I want you to raise your hand. Hold it up for a second or two. I want to see who I'm praying for. Then you can put it right back down. Come on, the dream team is praying. Pastors are praying. Come on, I want to hear the church praying. If that's you, if you're saying, Alex, I need Jesus, at the count of three, you raise your hand. One, two, three. Raise your hand as high as you can, as high as you can. Raise them up, raise them up, raise them up. I see you, I see you, I see you. I see you, I see you, I see you. I see you, I see you, I see you. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. I see you, I see you, I see you. I see you, I see you, I see you. I see you, I see you. God bless you. Amazing, you can put your hands back down. Hands raised up everywhere. Father, we thank you. If you're in additional seating, you raise up your head. Watching online, God sees you. Take this next step. Father, I thank you for every hand raised. All of you who raise your hand, say this prayer after me. In fact, the whole church, we're going to repeat this out loud. This prayer is just putting our faith and our trust in Jesus. My prayer does not save you. It's faith in Jesus that saves you. This prayer is just going to help you talk to God for the first time if you haven't talked to him in a while. Repeat after me. All of us together in one voice. Say, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity. I admit that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you. Come on, say, Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God, that you died for my sins, and on the third day, you resurrected. Come into my life. Be my Lord and be my Savior. In Jesus' name, I'm forgiven, I'm saved, and I'm healed. Amen. Amen. Come on, Calvary, can we make some noise? Hallelujah. Come on, to God be all the glory. If you raise up your hands, we have a connection outside. We want to give you a free Bible. Uh, all the youth are getting ready to go to camp. We also have baptisms. If you register to get baptized, or even if you didn't, but you want to get baptized, we're going to sing this song out. When this song starts, all of you that want to get baptized, I want you to go down the middle aisles, go to the back. We got towels, T-shirts, all that in the lobby. The rest of us, if you can stay in here for one minute more while they start changing, uh, we're going to pray. Let's pray for all the youth real quick. If you're around somebody that's young, can you put a hand on them if they're going to camp? Come on, all our leaders, if you can put a hand on some of our youth going to camp. Youth leaders, raise up your hand. Come on, let's pray and believe for the best week ever. Father, we thank you. We love you. We thank you for your grace, your love. We're praying for this week, God, that you would go before us, behind us, and surround us. Thank you for this opportunity to get away from the noise, 
to get away from the city of Miami and really have some time just with you. We pray for our youth pastors. We pray for every single youth leader. We pray for every single student going. God, we pray that they would have the best week ever, that they would have an encounter with you, God, that they would know you, God, that you would open up their eyes and they would see that you have a future and a hope for them, God, that you have blessings in store for them. Protect them, guide them, be with them, not just this week, but every day of their lives, as long as they live, that they may serve you and know you. God, I'm praying for a week of breakthrough, a week of freedom, a week of healing, and a week of miracles. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.